You are listening to the Lifestyle Medicine Provider Podcast with your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson. This is the number one podcast for the lifestyle medicine provider who is seeking resources, education, support, and examples of how to deliver superior evidence-based lifestyle medicine. All right, everyone. So on today's show, I have with me Millen Ross. And Millen is the founder of Full Flavor Vegan. He's also the author of uh, The Change. And he has a cookbook that's uh, coming up also called The Change. And I'll have him talk more about that. But often when I have people on this show, I believe that they serve the role of informing, of educating, or inspiring. And, And I really believe that Millen's story will actually do all three. And so, I, Millen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So I, you know, had a chance to look at your story, and I'm just going to ask you straight up. uh, When you were um, at your highest weight, what weight was that? 518 pounds. Wow. And where are you now? (laughs) Where are you now? 195. All right. I'm 195 pounds. (laughs) That, my friend, is amazing accomplishment. But I have to ask you, you know, like I think when we see someone who's gained 10 pounds or 20 pounds, you say, okay, they've been not paying attention to their health and the weight just kind of crept up on them and that sort of thing. When you see someone at 500 pounds, honestly, the the impetus is to say, what the heck happened here? (laughs) So so I'm going to ask you, what happened here? You know, it's funny. Um, I didn't grow up heavy. Um, I was skinny and ripped, six-pack and all, up until the age of 24. From 24 to 30, I got up to 518 pounds. Now, I'd love to tell you that um, in the beginning, the weight did creep up, and then all of a sudden, it was like it mugged me in a dark alley somewhere. Um, You look at yourself, and you get to a point where you just say, I don't even know how I got here, and more importantly, I'm not even sure how to get back. And so... um, what I, what I found was the, the weight came on and you reach a point where you just, you almost give up. You feel hopeless. And, I, and definitely that's one of the reasons, I, as I said, I wanted to share your story because there are people out there where the weight is such that it's like, I, I, I just don't know what to do about this. So it's actually great to see someone really accomplish what for some people is the impossible to show them that there is a way and and we're going to talk more about your process shortly i'm curious to know um were there people in your life who kind of said hey we're concerned about this did you have any of that at all what's funny is as the weight came on all of my friends and family got to the point where they just pretended Um, that it wasn't happening. It was easier to have a conversation and not mention it than to say anything. And so what I found was everybody just kind of ignored it. And um, the heavier I got and and the worse my health seemed to get, um, people just just, uh, didn't want to talk about it. But it was the same in reverse, too. As the weight came off, um, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, after 100 pounds, people started asking and saying, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, everybody thought mm-hmm. I had surgery or, or any of those things. But, but yeah, it was, it was, I found that people just um, ignored it. The crazy thing is when you're that large, people go out of their way to pretend that they don't see you. So you get ignored and stared at at the same time. Wow. Wow. 
Now, uh, looking back, though, do you think it would have been beneficial for someone to say something? Or do you feel this is a place you needed to have come to on your own? I truly believe that. um, I mean, my doctor used to say to me, hey, you know, you could lose a few pounds. And but two things that I know that never happened. Um, My doctor never told me that if I lost all the weight, that all the meds I had been on for over a decade and a half would go away. Uh, For me, that happened within three months. But but the the more important thing is you have to reach that place on your own. Um, And so it's like if somebody's telling you constantly, hey, you need to hit the gym. The first the last thing on your mind is going to the gym. I hit rock bottom and I realized that it was basically going to be a battle for my life. And when it hit that point, I started to say to myself, you know what? There's no cure for dead. Um, And if I don't do something, that's exactly where I'm going to be. You know, Malin, you mentioned something interesting. So I am a traditionally trained physician, uh, but I've gone out of my way to make sure I educate myself on lifestyle medicine. In fact, uh, that's a movement now where quite a few physicians are being involved in lifestyle medicine principles because we now know that uh, there are things that we've told people that, you know, you're going to live with this. You're going to take a medication for the rest of your life. And the truth is there are some people that when they change your lifestyle, they can actually get off some of these medications. But you're correct. Many times as health providers, because we were trained a traditional way, you figure out the diagnosis, you give a medication. And then there are others who know better, but they'll say, you know, the patient um, probably won't follow the steps, and so it, it probably won't work anyway. Do you really feel that if, a, if your health provider had said, hey, by doing these things and losing this weight, you can get rid of, I mean, I actually don't know what, what medical issues you had. Uh, most people with obesity may have the high blood pressure, the prediabetes or diabetes, et cetera. Uh, do you think if your health provider had said, you can actually get rid of all of these things that you have as chronic illnesses, or at least most of them, do you think it would have made a difference? Um, I, I would like to think it would have made a difference. I think that if I had had the information um, that, yes, I would have tried to do something a little bit different. I want to, you know, be candid. I was one of those guys that bought every late night product that they sold on TV that told you that if you just do this for five minutes a day, you don't have to do anything else. You can continue to eat crazy and, and not go to the gym. I was that guy. And I collected these things, and it's funny, you know, from the exercise videos that would literally kill somebody at my weight, um, you know, you don't stop and think because at that point you're so hopeless. But I will say this. Most physicians don't have a a ton of nutritional training. It's like four hours. Um, You know, I I speak at a conference, um, the Nutritional Health-Based Conference. In fact, I'll be the keynote this year. That, And it's full of doctors who now know that there is a difference. When my, my medical condition contained everything from high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, um, uh, diabetes, diabetic neuropathy, and my doctor at the time told me, like, the diabetic neuropathy, even if the, the, uh, I lost weight, I'd probably never get rid of that. I also had a condition, um, the, the common name for it is burning thigh, where your gut grows so large, I had almost a 60-inch waistline. Um, 
And so your gut grows so large that it hangs over your uh, pelvic area and it pinches off uh, the artery that runs through your pelvic area and it causes the most excruciating pain you could ever imagine. So I couldn't stand a walk for more than five, 10 minutes. Um, what I've learned is though, when I started, when I changed my diet, cause I was too large to exercise and do all of those things. So it was like 15 minutes a day on a flat, slow treadmill, but I committed to doing that every day. And it, you know, as time went on, I, I got to the point where I said I wasn't going to watch TV unless I was on the treadmill. And before I knew it, I was like on it for hours. Um, but it wasn't something that I started off. The first 100 pounds I lost was diet alone. I lost 107 pounds in six months, and it was strictly eating. Um, but in three months, all of the meds, so the diabetes meds, the high cholesterol meds, um, the pain meds, all of those things had been removed from my life in three months after a decade and a half of taking them. And I, I had no idea that that was even possible. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I decided to share my story uh, publicly. I didn't want to write books and do all of that. After spending so much time obese, I just wanted to be normal. And in my mind, normal was not having everybody gawk um, and just live a normal life. But I quickly realized there's like 80 million people still where I, I was. And it wasn't fair for me to not go out and let them know that there was a way that they could change their lives and it didn't take a lifetime. I thought for sure, you can't abuse your body for 15 and a half years and then fix it in you know months, but I was wrong. Well, you know, I, I thank you and congratulate you in achieving the success and not just keeping it to yourself, but actually go out there and, <laughs> and share it. Because yeah, there are people out there who need this information and, and so I thank you. If, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Melon Ross. He is the founder of Full Flavor Vegan and the author of the book, The Change. Now, um, you know, you, you did mention that, um, yeah, we don't get a ton of nutrition in medical school. I mean, I, I think I went to the University of Maryland, Maryland School of Medicine, and I think we're one of the better ones. So we had um, more than four hours. But knowing what I know now, I really think it should be a lot more. And that's why, as I said, I, I go out of my way to make sure I learn that. And the people who listen to this podcast, many of them are lifestyle medicine professionals who listen to learn more information. I'm curious, share with us what a typical daily intake for you was. People laugh because they say, could you really take in the amount of calories that you were taking uh, in? Yeah, I, 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 I heard you say it, and I was like, impossible. How does this happen? But go ahead. <laughs> uh, people, people laugh because, you know, you, you, my average calories on a, on, a, on a good day, maybe 13,000 on, a, on a, you know, a binge day, you know, I could hit close to 20. And this is how. If you go to a fast food restaurant, um, you can order, and I'm not going to say any names, but you can order, you know, back in the day, a double cheeseburger for 99 cents. Um, that single double cheeseburger has more calories than you should have in a day. Um, I would eat four or five. I'd get a, you know, so I'd go and I'd get me, you know, four or five double cheeseburgers, 99 cent double cheeseburgers, a large 99 cent fry um, or two. I would wash all of that down with, you know, a large milkshake. And then to make myself feel better, I'd always order a Diet Coke. Um, and so somehow <laughs> in my mind, the Diet Coke alleviated, and that's one meal. If I sat down and I ate breakfast, um, I could eat, you know, half a dozen eggs, a pound of bacon, 
you know, five, six slices of toast. I mean, it was, what you find is, you know, most people, you order pizza, I'd get a, a, you know, pizza covered in meat and cheese, you know, a large and sit down and eat, you know, a whole large and, you know, 24 hot wings on top of it. It didn't take much. Clearly you didn't eat this way all along. So this was something that you built up up to. Go ahead. No, I was asking, was this something you just kind of build up to? No, see, the funny thing is, is that I grew up, my mom loved to cook and um, she's no longer here, but she was one of those people that she got in the kitchen and got her burn on. But everything we ate was fried. Um, Everything we ate was, um, you know, well, most people like now I don't eat meat at all, but most people sit down in most countries, I should say, sit down and meat is a flavoring. Um, here in America, we eat and meat is the main dish. And so we would sit down and eat and, you know, bless her heart. She gave us veggies with every meal, but it was usually out of a can. I had no idea, um, how important fruits and veggies could be to, you know, your overall well being. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, but as a kid, you can eat and it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, you could, you could sit down and eat a, a tray of, of homemade biscuits and you're not gaining a pound. Um, as you get older and your metabolism slow down, all of a sudden those things come on. I mean, I was skinny, you know, I was, I'm six foot four and a half and at 24 years old, I probably weighed 175. Um, as the weight started coming on because I was skinny and, 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 and ripped as I like to call it, it just looked like I was hitting the gym, but it kept coming and kept coming. And I went from a six pack to a keg. Mm, mm. Now you mentioned, 13,000 to 20,000 calories intake a day. I mean, it's hard to imagine. What would you say is your caloric intake a day like now? Um, I probably eat about 3,000 to 3,500 calories. But the funny thing is, is I don't count calories. Right. And the truth is we shouldn't. Yep. Go ahead. Nope. No. And we should stay away from the scale too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, what I usually do is, um, it's funny. I tell people all the time, I promise you, that you will never OD on kale. Um, I sit down and I eat and I still eat, um, you know, three meals a day and, and usually two to three snacks a day, but it's what I'm eating. When you eat nutrient dense um, foods, your body gets what it needs. It signals to the brain that you're full. So if I sit down and I eat a, a massive salad, one, I'm stuffed to the gills, but two, the calorie intake is like 500 calories. Um, or if I sit down and I make uh, a meal, I stay away from salt and oil. Even my line has no salt, no oil. Um, my whole idea was I wanted to go in. People don't realize that I hear people say all the time, oh, man, you know, olive oil is good for you. Coconut oil is good for you. And I tell them, look at the back of the bottle. They all have 140 calories per tablespoon. Most of us don't put just a tablespoon of oil in it. And it's empty calories that you're doing to begin with. Right. And the research is actually showing otherwise now that, you know, but that's another story. People believe in these oils. But that's my point. We get brainwashed. It's all marketing. Yeah. Um, And people don't realize that. You you, you watch a commercial and they make you feel like you have to get up and go do this um, instead of telling you that, you know, if you just stop these things, you know, I tell people all the time, there are people who are plant-based who are still unhealthy. French fries are plant-based. Yeah. Chips, plant-based. Um, you know, uh, so it's not you. You have to be uh, cognizant. So I, I, I remind people all the time. I eat a whole food plant-based diet, which means I want it to come from the ground and be messed with as little as possible before it makes it to my kitchen to be eaten. 
Very nice. Now, so there had to be a turning point. You told us where you were, and we now know where you are. What happened to get you here? In 2013, uh, my beautiful wife and I took our then six-year-old son, who was turning seven, um, to Florida for a family vacation. And my wife and son had never been. I had been a couple times. And when leading up to that trip, my son and I was getting on the Internet every day and looking at all the rides. We visited every park uh, in Florida. One of the parks that he thought um, was just amazing was Universal Studios. Back then, before the second Harry Potter ride opened, um, he had looked at the Harry Potter ride, which he was a big fan of, and he had deemed this ride to be the most epic ride in the history of rides. And all he asked me to do was ride this ride with him on his birthday. Um, so we get to the park, and you can pay to go into the park early. Um, and when we got in there, we went straight to the Harry Potter ride. As we approach, anybody that's been to Universal Studios in Florida knows that there's a sample of the seating as you approach the ride. I had one of the workers for the ride pull me out of line and ask me to sit down in the seating to try it out. Now, two seconds after I sat down, it was obvious that this wasn't going to work out good. My son had no idea what was going on. And as I had this worker and he ended up calling another guy over and they're practically breaking my ribs to try to close this harness over me. I realized this wasn't going to happen. And after they finished, they asked me to step out of line and go wait where families with small children uh, or elderly people wait um, as the rest of the family ride the ride. Now, my son didn't hear what happened. All he heard them say was, I couldn't ride the ride. He began to cry and begged them. And he was explaining to them that this was his birthday, that I had promised to ride this ride. And it was in that moment that I had like this aha thing. For the first time in my life, I realized that the choices I was making didn't just affect me. Sorry. Um, It had caused me Mm -hmm. to actually lie to my son. I didn't know it at the time that everything would turn out like it did. But in that moment, as I wanted to fall into a hole because the other 200 families standing around me knew exactly what happened, I told myself, I'm going to try and fix this for real. And that's how it all started. Now, you you teared up for that. But I tell you what, I was thinking, what a good thing that it happened because this is actually what turned things around for you. So, so that's good. Now, what was the first step? You made what? So now, you know, your I would say your health knowledge may have not been at its best. You knew you had to not do something, all. right? You knew you had to do something. So because there are the people now who are sitting in that position. They they know. And if they didn't know, they're listening to you. They now know. Where did you start? What what's next? I was blessed in the fact that at the time I worked for um, Whole Foods Market. And I know that they get a a bad rap about a lot of things, but there's something that they do and have done um, for almost 15 years now that people don't even know. They offer any full-time employee with any kind of health condition, um, so if you have any kind of chronic disease or any of these things, they offer you a full, all-expenses-paid trip to something called an immersion. I had heard about immersion prior to going on this trip, um, but I didn't really know what it was. And so I promised myself that when I got back, I would check it out. They sent me to Naples, Florida, 
to a five-star resort on the beach to learn from the best doctors, trainers, and nutritionists for a full week for free. So in that moment, I arrived on October 28th, um, 2013. Uh, we had went to Disney World in June. My son's birthday is June 12th. On October 28, 2013, I went, and from that day forward, I ended up being plant-based. Now, I didn't know that. Um, I had no idea that that was how it was going to turn out. But during that week of immersion, one of the things I promised myself was that if I saw anything that made sense, that connected with me, or I saw any type of results, that I was going to come home and just follow through with the, with the process and see where it took me. I ended up dropping 33 pounds and six inches off my almost 60 inch waist during that week of immersion. Wow. And I just knew this was different than any gadget or, you know, I tell people all the time, they're like, man, I diet and it doesn't work. And I, I, I try to explain to them, you know, diet, the, even the concept is set up for you to fail. Mm-hmm. Anytime you do anything to reach a result, the minute you go back to doing whatever it was you were doing, you undo what you, the result that you achieved. Changing to a whole food plant-based diet or lifestyle, um, and I, I want to stress that this is a lifestyle. When you change your lifestyle, then you don't have to worry about it going back. You know, the, not only did the weight fall off and my skin got clearer and, you know, my allergies went away. And, you know, as I like to tell people, I got my sexy back. Mm-hmm. I had no idea at the time that that was even possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Now, <clears throat> that's a good thing that you had that that option but what about folks who don't have immersion uh the the option of doing that Mm -hmm. you can get on the internet you can go to your local library and 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 get books um you can see this is the best part i tell people all the time i'm not special i would love to, to tell everybody hey man i'm special and and just a genius at this no what i what i want people to understand is that what i've done anybody can do it doesn't matter what your race or creed is it doesn't matter what your uh, financial or social status is this is available to anybody we all have to shop to eat Um, we all have to um, pick up you know and make that decision of what we're going to eat so i would say get on the internet there's so many resources that you can check out so if you're not you know one of those people that are you know, about animal rights and all those things, not a problem. There's re- forks over knives. There's many, many films and, and, and resources that you can connect to. Um, the movie that I'm in, Eating You Alive, that'll show you how to um, adopt a plant-based lifestyle. And then there's tons and tons of, and it doesn't have to cost a ton of money. Everybody asks me, well, eating, you know, plant-based is it's super expensive. When I cut meat out of my diet, my grocery bill fell like a rock. And people don't understand that. Um, you know, you, when you're eating meat, it's, believe it or not, it's the most expensive thing that you buy at the grocery store. Yeah, it is. It is. Now, are you ever concerned that you could go back? Never. <laughs> people, <laughs> people say to me, man, how could you walk away from things like bacon? Um, and I tell them this, listen. I feel better at 45 years old than I did when I was 24, skinny and ripped. I like to tell people, you can, you can see people who look healthy who still aren't. They still have chronic diseases. You know, you, you see people with a six-pack, um, and they still have high blood pressure and high cholesterol and high, um, um, you know, diabetes or what have you. It doesn't – it's not just the exterior. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with, with you know – 
going down. And, I mean, I wear a size 28-inch pants down. If you had told me I could get in some 28 skinny jeans, I would have been like, you are wrong for even suggesting <laughs> that. <laughs> that is just cruel. But I tell people it, that's not what it's about. I feel better from the inside out. Um, and so I would say to you, if you're listening and you're wondering, if you think your health situation is you know, too far gone to fix, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like there's just no way to, to reverse where you're at, do it for 30 days. T- sit down and, and, and like I said, we are on our phones and, and, and um, searching the internet and on social media, you know, way more than we should be. Take a little bit of that time and, and just Google um, plant-based lifestyle and see what you'll find. And if you give it a try, you'll have your own amazing results. Oh, that's great advice. For the lifestyle medicine professional who's listening to this program, who's going to come across a patient like you, what would you say if you had to you know, go back and say, this is how best you could help me or help someone like me? I would say this. you got to listen to the patient. When I was on the meds, I took a handful of meds every day, and then I also took a second handful of meds to combat all of the side effects. Uh, my uh, high blood pressure medicine was doing things to me that just was crazy. Um, I was I was experiencing swelling. I was ex- all kinds of things. And what I what I what I when I went to my doctor and I explained to her, her exact words were, "Well, this is hereditary." So one, she made me think that my genes, my family's history, was my burden to bear. My dad had high uh, blood pressure and and diabetes. Um, my mother had high blood pressure and diabetes. So therefore being, especially being African-American, this was now my, just part of my, my gene pool. She was wrong. And I'm not saying that to insult any doctor out there that is listening. I'm telling you, she was wrong. When I went back to see her after I had lost the weight, um, 18 months in, I was down 170 pounds. I made an appointment to go see her. Um, cause I changed doctors. She told me that I had to be on these meds after I went to immersion. Um, they cut my meds dramatically. And within three months I was all off 18 months in, I went back to see her. I was standing in her lobby came out. Um, and she didn't even know who I was. Wow. Now, you know, two things happen. Uh, you know, you've lost a lot of weight and you've gotten healthy when two things happen. One, you have to buy new underwear. Um, sounds crazy, but that's the truth. <laughs> and two, when you have to defend your before picture, right? People see me now and they're like, there's no way that was you. I've had people tell me, man, you wouldn't even understand. There's no way you lost that much weight. It can't, it can't be healthy. When you give your body, when you stop poisoning yourself, your body will go to where it needs to be on its own. It wants to do it. The body's amazing. It is one of the most amazing organisms, period, that we know of. But we, we constantly are tearing it down or abusing it so it never gets the chance to fix itself. When you stop doing that and you're not poisoning it anymore, it was amazing how the weight not only started to fall off, but as I said, I had been on allergy medicine for 15 years. I don't have allergies anymore. If you'd have told me that that would be a side effect, my skin looks like I'm in my 20s for real, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and so the wrinkles went away, the bags under the eyes went away, the dark circles went away, things that I was told, you know, you just can't do. So I would say to the medical profession out there, listen to the patient, um, give them a chance, because had I listened to her, 
none of this would have happened. I would have accepted my fate, accepted that my, my family's history was now my history, and I would have never even gave this a try. When I saw her again, the first thing she said to me, which was kind of alarming to me, was that she said, well, this won't work for everyone. Um, I asked her, I said, well, why don't you at least offer it so that they can, they can know that it's out there? She says, well, more than likely, they won't even listen to it. Let them make the choice. Let them make the choice. Agreed. I, I do lifestyle education with um, every patient that I come across because you never know when something you plant, maybe that's the moment that they'll listen. You know, so I do that. Yeah. And I wanted to mention something that's interesting. Last year, we were at the American Academy of Lifestyle Medicine conference, and one of the uh, person that was being honored was Dean Ornish. And Dean Ornish is... Um, uh, Love him. He, ah, yeah, he's a cardiologist who many years ago pioneered the um, basically implementing lifestyle changes in terms of nutrition and exercise to help manage coronary artery disease. He showed in the research back then how you can, with the dietary changes, open up your coronary arteries in a similar fashion that you would with a stent, right? Yep. But no, nobody talks about it. And he talked about how back then his, um, there, there were people that he was working with who pretty much put him down and would give him a hard time. And one of those docs years later called him up and said, you know, um, it's some of those lifestyle medicine principles that you talked about that I implemented Why, you know, he was now in his 90s. But this guy, Dean Ornish, was clowned years ago for promoting yep. this kind of living and, and taking better care of yourself. So, you know, I get it. And it's, it's trickling down. Again, you know, one of the aim of this podcast is to really also educate those lifestyle, those doctors who should be promoting this kind of thing to their patients. I wanted to quickly ask you as we're winding down, I said you're the founder of Full Vegan, uh, Full Flavor Vegan website. What is that website about? Why did you create that? First of all, the, it's a full line and it's sold in Whole Foods Market stores. Um, but one of the reasons why I created Full Flavor Vegan was because, look, they say never trust a skinny cook. And as we all know, I wasn't always skinny. I realized that I would not be able to maintain this if food tastes like cardboard. I just wasn't going to be able to do it. As much as I wanted my health back, um, I, you know, people think as a whole food plant-based, um, you know, or vegan, that I'm eating grass or cardboard. And in the beginning, I said, you know, I, I'm no chef. Um, and, and, but I sat down, I love to cook. You know, I always tell people I'm not a chef, but I can get my burn on. I wanted to figure out how to make the food taste like I knew it should taste, but without all of the stuff that it shouldn't have. So like the seasonings that we have, um, you know, anytime bold, uh, family secret, uh, and sweet and savory, these lines were created in my kitchen for real. Um, because I was trying to mix and match and figure out how could I season my food without just putting salt on it, um, without frying everything, without, you know, one of my favorite dishes to make, um, uh, you know, was greens. And I, I realized that if I took my smoker that I normally was smoking hocks and things in and smoked a portobello mushroom and then put it in a, a mesh bag and soaked it in the greens when I cooked the greens, it still tastes like hocks. It still had that flavor. It still had those things that I was used to having. 
the one thing I want people to understand is, is that you don't have to um, give up anything. One, one of my favorite slogans is eat better, not less. Um, have the food taste like it should taste. You can do that and still be eating healthy. And that was my whole premise behind creating the line. It started for me. I was doing this in my kitchen. I went to a spice store and, and uh, where I lived in Colorado, which was something I never did. You know, I bought my spices at the local grocery store like everybody else. And then I realized there were all these flavors out there I'd never even heard of. And so I, was, I would go and make my, you know, biweekly trip to the spice store, and I was buying stuff I couldn't even pronounce. Um, and I would come home and play with it, and then I'd look it up online and see what other people were doing with it. And what I found was as I started mixing and matching and putting these things together, I was able to create food that tastes amazing. And most of my friends, um, well, all of my friends at this point, if they come over and, and, and have a dinner with me, they, the first thing they say is, man, you cannot make me believe that this is vegan. And I just laugh, <laughs> you know, because we have a preconceived notion of what that should be like. So that was my purpose in trying to create that line. I also want to say Dean Ornish is a rock star. Um, yeah. He was one of, you know, all of the doctors for my book to change from Dr. Esselstyn and, and uh, T. Colin Campbell and, and Dean Arnish and, and Brian Wendell, who created uh, uh, all of these people endorsed the book. But these are these are my heroes now, too. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think he's an awesome, uh, just a rock star. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So your website is fullflavorvegan.com. Uh, it do is. You, you have anything else coming up that our listeners should be aware of? Absolutely. Um, I fly out today. I'm going to shoot a another movie in Canada uh, called I Don't Want to Die, dot, dot, dot. Tea, so diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I am, I have a cookbook that comes out in August. Um, uh, I'm working on a, an amazing plant-based um, talk show with the creator of Biggest Loser. Uh, Mark Coops um, ended up finding me on social media um, a little over a year or so ago. Um, he approached me and my whole thought was, how do we get this message out? Um, it's funny in the in the the uh, minority communities, um, Hispanic, African American, poor, just poor. Doesn't matter what color you are, we are flooded with. You go down those streets and it's you know KFC, McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. I mean, it's just this is all we see, and it's cheaper to eat that way. I want to get people to understand that you can take control of your health. It is in your hands. Your doctor is there. If you have something, you know, that, that something happens to you, that's different. But most of the chronic things that are killing us, don't matter what color you are, is things that can be prevented. Heart disease doesn't have to be something that, that we deal with. And there's countries out there that have their, their occurrence of heart disease is almost non-existent because you they know, don't the, need the standard the American diet. Thing, the interesting thing, you just mentioned that. Um, there are countries out there that are pretty poor, but because they're so yep. poor, all they eat they is plant-based, right? Exactly. And they actually have pretty much no heart disease. So you're correct about that. Yeah. And, and walking in these neighborhoods and seeing uh, these fast food restaurants, we really have to educate people to not partake in it. Because I see it, parents doing it, they take the kids there, and you're actually teaching that kid how to eat. You know, so you're you're correct, and I really um, go ahead. And so that would have to own your. You have to take ownership of your health. Sometimes yes. I think we put it off on everybody, on our doctors and everything, and we expect them to make us what we want to be. It's your job to make you get you where you're trying to get to. Yep, 
I I totally agree. I you know I really want to congratulate you again on accomplishing this because it is really a lot to accomplish. Uh, people struggle with 10 and 20 pounds and they go back and forth and back and forth and can't seem to get rid of it. So for you to have lost so much and have kept it off and not only that, sharing this information with others, I, I think it's really inspirational and awesome. So I, I congratulate you on that. Um, I'm going to make sure that our listeners um, get a hold of your information. Again, fullflavorvegan.com. And you said your book is called The, Cha- uh, the Change. The Change. It is. Uh, yeah. it, and the new cookbook is called The Change Cookbook, which awesome. is available and they can pre-order and everything through Amazon or, or at the local bookstore. Sounds good. And I'll also make sure all of that ama- uh, information is available on my website and my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. And any parting words for us, Milan? You've shared so much already. Make this clear. Stay away from the scale. Um, every time that you sit down and eat, I, I tell people even today, I'm still a food addict. So I don't, I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to drop, um, over half my body weight. That, that would have been too much to, to even fathom at that point. Every meal is an opportunity for change. You have to remember, first of all, change is a verb, but you supply action. And so every meal, you get a chance to do a do-over. So if you end up having a slip-up or mess-up or whatever, remember that the next time you sit down and eat, you get a chance to, to, to fix what you did. Take it one meal, one bite at a time, and you'll be surprised um, at the, the results that you get, the way you feel, the way you look, the, the way even you feel from the inside out. And so that's what I would suggest that everybody out there do. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all these nuggets and for going out there and inspiring people and not keeping this information you found to yourself. I really thank you for that, and I wish you the best of luck and, and success in, in going out there and conquering the world. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank Milan. you so much. <laughs> All right. Take good care. Absolutely. All right. Bye. All right. So stop the recording. I will make sure that uh, once this is edited that you um, get a copy of it. And uh, again, thank you. thank you so much. That was beautiful information. And I'm really, um, I, I'm really grateful for you to not just keep it to yourself, because believe me, uh, even as a healthcare provider, there are people who will not listen to me. I share, but they will not. <laughs> but they'll listen to you because you've been there. So I, it's I, funny I, because doctors yeah. tell me that now, too. I, you know, they're, they're my heroes. And I speak at a lot of the events they speak at now. And it's funny. They said, you know, you're the next generation um, out there, and people tend to listen to average Joe yep. way faster than they do their own doc. And yeah, it's sad, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, it's true. But And you understand it. I mean, they're going to say, oh, you don't understand where I'm at. Absolutely. But they, if you've been there, <laughs> like right? <laughs> yeah, if you've been there, then you're the person to tell them. So, th- you know, thank you for that. That is an awesome thing. All right, and thank you so much for taking out the time. I know you're a pretty busy man, but thank you. Oh, no, I I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing it, and you have an amazing day. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. 
If you've missed any portion of this broadcast or would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, please join us on www.drdianethompson.com. That's www.drdianethompson.com. Remember, your health is your wealth. Have a great evening.